Have you ever opened up your Bible to Matthew chapter 5 and read Jesus speaking? And Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it gets even stranger. He says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And he goes down the list of the famous Beatitudes. Have you ever read Matthew 5 and wondered, what was the depths of everything Jesus was trying to say? I don't fully understand what he was saying. Well, this episode is for you because today I have the author who wrote the book about it. Brother L.J. Harry is our guest on the Noteworthy Podcast today. He has a brand new book called Blessed Are, A Practical Look at the Beatitudes, and he is joining the show today And I couldn't be any more excited about having my friend on the program. You're going to want to go buy this book right now. I've included the link to Pentecostal Publishing House so you can go purchase this book. It's $14.99. I think it's $10.99 if you want to buy the ebook. Go buy this book right now. It's going to bless you and it's going to be a noteworthy conversation today about the Beatitudes my dear friend, Brother L.J. Harry. Let's go. Well, hello, everybody. I am here with the one and only L.J. Harry. Brother L.J., how are you doing today, my friend? All all is well here, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me on Noteworthy. Well, I've been trying to simplify the show lately. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) For for all of you, uh, if you know Brother L.J. Harry, you know that he has one of the greatest podcasts on the face of the earth and that's just statistically speaking i'm that's just how it is everybody loves the simplified podcast if you don't listen to it what are you even doing with your life and uh we're just so (laughs) (laughs) yes well man thank you so much for for being on the show today and uh, honor to all of our listeners man brother lj I, i consider him to be a dear friend and a mentor in my life and so today's just little extra special on the podcast and uh, we're going to be talking today about your new book blessed oh, are yeah a practical look at the beatitudes i yes, yes. absolutely love this book and we're going to we're going to talk about it today we're going to dive into that before we go through some of these questions though would you tell our listeners where they can get this book. They might want to just go grab the book before they sure. even listen to the interview and read it. And where can they go get this great resource? Well, thank you. It's available right now at PentecostalPublishing.com. And also, it will be soon available for Kindle, I believe, and Audible. I've already done the recording for the Audible chapters. I'm just waiting for the Kindle to go ahead and publish. And once that publishes, then Audible can come along with it. So it'll be available a couple of places right now, just PentecostalPublishing.com. And I believe if, there, if you use 
What is your code on Noteworthy? They can save 10% off. It is, I think it's just promo code Noteworthy. Beautiful. Use promo code Noteworthy on PentecostalPublishing.com. And if you've never not used it before, you can save 10% off your entire order. Come on, somebody. And that's my gift on, to you amazing listeners. It's going to bless your life. And uh, yes. I'm just excited to get to dive into this topic with you today. Um, and just for our listeners, I was I was sharing this with Brother LJ before we hit record, but fun fact for all of the faithful, noteworthy listeners, Brother LJ was actually the very first remote interview on the podcast, which means the very first time I ever used um, Skype or Riverside or anything like that. He's He's in a different state than I am right now. And yet we have this great privilege. And I was telling him, basically, he unlocked a whole new world for the podcast. And I and I owe it all to him. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, So so for the listeners that might might, not know, we might owe Disney royalties for that. Sorry. Yeah, we might need to take that. I'm going to leave it in and just take the chances with Disney. But um, hey, if Disney's listened to it, praise God. That's right. Hey, they need they need the Lord. Yes. So tell us about you, your family, where you live, and what you're doing in your life right now. Yes, sir. My family and I currently live in the St. Louis, Missouri area. And my role at this season of ministry is curriculum director for Pentecostal Resources Group for the UPCI. So basically, my job is to make sure the curriculum of the adult level, Sunday school, children's level, youth level, and even some small group material is good, is correct, it's applicable, it's engaging, it's on time, and all that good stuff. So I get to work with teachers, writers, editors, and I get to write, teach, train. It's a, I love this job. I love what I'm doing. Wow. Man, that's so amazing. I'm, I'm thankful for what you're doing, and you. I'm thankful that you love it, and I'm thankful that it's making a kingdom impact. I'm thankful for everything that you do for the kingdom of God. And uh, man, I, I'm just going to slip this in here. One of my favorite preachers, one of my favorite youth camp preachers is for the LJ. And I know I'm probably making him uncomfortable, but it is true. He has blessed us at so many youth camps across North America. And I'm just thankful for everything God is doing in your life. And Thanks, man. in the midst of all these exciting updates in your life, you have just released a new book. Blessed are a practical look at the Beatitudes can you tell us about uh, when did this project start for you and what inspired you to write this incredible book? Great question. The project started for me when I was first, when I was pastoring in Mount Vernon, Ohio, I was preaching through the Beatitudes. And interestingly, I don't know if I intended to start with the Beatitudes and end there or start with the Sermon on the Mountain and end there, which is what I ended up doing. And it took about two years to go through the entire sermon the mount because there's just so many topics each verse is pretty much its own sermon because of all jesus taught there in those three chapters but when i reached out to ask if pph pentecostal publishing house had anything written on the beatitudes proper not just matthew or the sermon on the mount or the gospels but on those first 12 i believe verses we didn't have anything at that time so that prompted me to research, study, teach, preach it, but then also to write a book. So we would have a resource right now from a oneness apostolic perspective on what Jesus taught when he taught the Beatitudes. So that's where it all started for me. 
is when there was a need for a resource to create that resource to meet that need. Man, that's that's so beautiful. Well, I I, I want to specifically talk about your new book. However, um, you have written three amazing books, Simplify, uh, Ten Words, A Practical Look at the Ten Commandments, and uh, would you mind sharing with our listeners? I I have gotten some feedback from our listeners about people that have said, "Hey, I'm 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 working on a book," and and they'll reach out, and I'm like, "Well, listen, I haven't written a book, so I I'm not the man for you to answer this question." But I felt like this would be a really great opportunity from somebody who has written some great books. Um, what does that process look like for you when you sit down to write a book? Does it involve a uh, a typewriter in a wooden cabin in the mountains and you go hide away uh, in the misty mm-hmm. mountains? Or is it more of a day-to-day process? What does that look like for you? Well, I wish it involved a typewriter in a wood cabin in the mountains. I can just smell that ribbon. Doesn't that just mm-hmm. sound lovely? Misty air. It does sound lovely. Oh, I may, my goodness. I may need to do that for the next book. With these three, they pretty much the process was very similar. All of them were something I'd either written or preached up until that point. Simplify was a compilation of editorials I had written with a few new and thrown new ones thrown in. Ten Commandments was very similar to the Beatitudes I had taught on the Ten Commandments in Mount Vernon. Same thing. Does PPH have anything? No, we don't. Well, now we do. <laughs> so that's how it all started. But for me, wow. I woke up, and those who are not morning people probably don't want to hear this, but I woke up each morning around 4 a.m., and from four to six, I would type, compile, curate, write, research, and try to fill out those chapters. For me, that was my process when I finished 10 words. And I told the Lord when he was ready for me to write another book that he would just start waking me up at four in the morning. So I started waking up at four in the morning, and that's kind of birthed Blessed R by writing about the Beatitudes. So that's my wow. process early in the morning without an alarm clock, just kind of my body wakes up, my mind starts up. And I, I fire up that Smith Corona typewriter, and I start to hunt and peck on the keys. <laughs> yes. Ding. Yes. And then bring the carriage all the way back to the beginning and keep typing. So that's wow. my process. That's so cool. <laughs> now, the 4 a.m. thing, is that all the time, or is that just when you're writing a book? It has or are you always lately. writing a book? <laughs> well, you know, there's that. It has been lately, though, waking up early in the morning. Not intentionally, and my body is pretty tired lately. So I've told the Lord, if you would please let me sleep, that'd be that'd just be great. Right. So right. I've been able to sleep in a little bit more lately. I am actually considering a couple of books. One of them is a solo authorship, and it would be on Luke 15, the prodigal son, the lost coin, the lost sheep. Oh, my and goodness. Taking a look at wow. those, what they mean, especially on the, that, the prodigal son, what does it mean? How do we reach those who have walked away from God? What are we supposed to do? Is that different than how somebody who has wandered away from God can't find their way back versus somebody who has and won't find their way back? So just some of those nuances, that's the direction I'm headed next, Lord willing. However, at conference, I met up with a friend of mine, and we just started talking about this idea. And so he and I may co-author a book pretty soon about people who were not chosen. So that should be an interesting Oh, Topic wow. and yeah, looking forward to teaming up with my friend to write that. So the couple that things in so the works, amazing. So it looks like four in the morning may be the the order of the day for me going forward for a few months now. Wow, wow. 
Well, they could start a new show about that called The Not Chosen. Oh my the goodness, that'd chosen. be powerful. Woo! Featuring Jonathan <laughs> Rumi. Written by Dallas Jenkins. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I love The Chosen. Well, yeah, man, The Chosen is pretty, pretty amazing. Oh, it's so incredible. So incredible. Well, I want to read Matthew chapter 5 real quick, just a few verses um, to lay sure. some groundwork for what we're going to be talking about for the next few moments. Matthew chapter 5, verses 2 and 10. This is, of course, what your new book is is about. It says, And he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so you've taken this, of course, there's a lot to take in as as <laughs> yeah, Jesus there speaks there. There's so much to take in, and you did such an amazing job of breaking it down for us. A lot of things I had never thought about when reading the Beatitudes. Um, in chapter one of your new book, uh, it was fascinating how you differentiated the working poor and the begging poor. And so... Um, for, whether somebody has read the book or not, I thought this would be a really interesting question to ask you, which type of poor was Jesus referencing and why was that important in the book? Would you mind sharing that with us? Sure. When Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, he was referencing the begging poor. The working poor are those who they have some strength, they have some skill, they don't have a lot of money, they probably have nothing in their name or to their name, but at least they have something to offer the person they're working for. The begging poor, not so much. They don't have, wow. they have less than little. They eke out their living. The only way they're alive is because of somebody else's grace. And wow. that's the reference Jesus makes. With the poor in spirit, that's where everybody starts. All of us, no matter how long we've known God, been in church, no matter how much we have to offer or so we think, all of us come to God poor in spirit. We turn our pockets out and there's nothing. We have nothing that we can give to God that would impress him or cause him to look our way. In fact, that right. he didn't already give to us. Yeah. So every one of us has to come to that place where we realize I am only here by the grace of God. And so when we reach that place, God can do something with us and through us. Until we reach that place, really, he can't do much through us because we feel like we have something to give. But when we realize right. we don't... Right, then the Lord yeah. can say, okay, all right, now they're ready. My goodness. Man, it's so good. I, I loved that chapter, and I'd never thought about um, the depth, really, of, of what Jesus was saying, which which almost makes me seem shallow, But because every time Jesus no, speaks, there's there's great depth to what he's saying, Absolutely. but it, it just revealed great light on on what God was trying to say there. Now, I noticed a theme in your book as I was reading. There's multiple times in the book, uh, and I've been privileged to hear you talk about this because you mentioned this at Georgia Youth Camp as well. So I, I 
kind of had to smile as I was reading because I said, oh, I remember this story. But there's mul- <laughs> multiple times in the book where uh, you reference things that happened to you and your family when you're driving. I feel like you're in, in the car quite a bit in this book. <laughs> and And you even start chapter eight by referencing this. You say, jump in the car with my family and me. It's okay. We're not going to Gatlinburg, just a midweek <laughs> Bible study. Now, <laughs> that's significant. And I love this oh. story. I don't want to ruin it for the readers. There's so much great content in this book. Listen, go buy the book. It's not going to spoil anything for you. But would you share with our listeners uh, about your 27-hour drive to Gatlinburg <laughs> and what that looked like for you. Oh, yeah, it would have taken us less time to ride a bicycle. We were going from <laughs> St. Louis day after our wedding, and I called the hotel. Now, this is before you could ask Google or Siri, and this was the, right. the age oh, back in the dark ages where you had hard-to-read, harder-to-fold maps. So I, right. I called the lady at the bed and breakfast and said, hey, I'm coming there tonight with my wife on our honeymoon. How do we get there? And she says, where are you coming from? I said, we're coming from St. Louis. Oh, well, that's easy. You're going to take Highway 40, follow that to exit 407, get off there, follow the signs to Gatlinburg. You can't miss us. Right. Awesome. That is so easy. Right. The only problem is there is no Highway Interstate 40 out of St. Louis, just Highway US 40. And there is a Highway US 40 out of St. Louis. So I assumed she knew what she was talking about. We jumped on Highway US 40 which goes through every small town in mid-America. Finally, by the time I realized we were on the wrong highway, we'd already traveled, man, from 4 p.m. 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. That was oh about nine goodness. hours with the time change. We got wow. to Dayton, Ohio. It was supposed to take us eight hours to get to Gatlinburg, but by the time we traveled to Dayton, had to spend the night there, get on the road, get on the right highway, it took us 27 hours to get to Gatlinburg. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my word. It's a wonder when I woke up the next morning in Dayton that the lovely Andrea was still there. She could have slipped out in the middle of the night, gone back to her dad and been like, Dad, <laughs> that guy can get lost on a bike trail. Thank, I don't right. think it's a good idea. I think oh, we need to go ahead Lord. and just call this off. But he, in his grace, God, God was kind to me and Andrea was kind. She stayed. His infinite grace and mercy. He gave you a Amazing great mercy. wife who stuck he with you through all patient, that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Was well, this story really bad. resonated with me because I am, mm-hmm. I am basically the worst with directions. So it it really, I want you to know that ministered. <laughs> well, <laughs> really I really did. I um, if it, it if it weren't for Apple Maps, um, it would be <laughs> it'd be very difficult. It'd be difficult. Now, um, yeah, I I don't want to cover everything in the book. I've tried to be careful because there's there's so much to unpack in this book and. You just have to go read it. We're not even covering half the stuff in here. But something that that really stood out to me was your comments on meekness in chapter four. Blessed are the meek. In chapter four, you do such a good job of bringing our attention to the fact that Jesus wasn't actually the Messiah that some people were looking for or expecting. They they expected a lion and and he's a lot more like a lamb and and many people view meekness as weakness but we know that's not true um right. in the book 
what is meekness and how do we know if we are meek? What does that look like? Meekness is really power under control. Mm. It is not being weak. It is it is actually being powerful, but keeping that under control. Basically, meekness is a river that is surrounded by borders or is a horse that's been tamed or a wind that doesn't blow out of control. It, it's a gentle breeze. It's not an uncontrollable gale. Meekness is being able to have power, but wow. not using it to harm. It's using it to heal. In fact, one of the definitions for meekness or one of the applications is medicine. And obviously we know that if you use medicine with the wrong dosage too much, it can kill. But if you use it the right dosage, it can heal. So meekness right. is truly having the power and maybe even the right to harm somebody because of something they've done, but keeping that under control by the Holy Ghost and not harming them, but actually helping to heal them. Meekness, you know you're meek when you have the, the power to hurt, but you use that power to heal. That's wow. when you know that God is working in, in part of that fruit of the My Spirit, goodness. that meekness is being born in our lives. Man, it's just so, so good, so powerful. I was I was having just a moment with that in my office when I was reading that, because to me, everything you just said is just, it's, it's, I see Jesus Christ of Nazareth when I close my eyes and I see him yes. and, and I'm, nobody defines power under control right. like Jesus Christ <laughs> and everything he could have done. And, and he just said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to do this in the right timing. And uh, as I was reading this, I just thought, what a great privilege it is to, to try to become more like him. And we see that through humility and yes. meekness. And when we can say, you know what, I, I know I could do this, but I'm not going to do that because I want exactly. to be more like him. Power under control. So good. So good. And, and uh, yes, go ahead, one, please. I think one of the greatest surprises I had while studying the Beatitudes is they kind of feel like a grocery list. Like mm. Jesus walks into the supermarket and says, all right, boys, to the disciples, all right, boys, let's see, we need to fill up on some, oh, you, you know, James, why don't you get some poverty in spirit? And Peter, run over there and get me some meekness. And John, I need you to go to a couple aisles down and you pick up some purity in heart. They seem like just... just strange hodgepodge of spiritual groceries we'd throw into a cart until wow. you realize they're more like a ladder. And the only way to get to the next one is to climb the one before it. So wow. the reason we can have power under control when you have the power to harm, but you use it to heal, is the only way we can get there is we start there at poor in spirit. And we realize I have nothing to offer God. He owes me nothing. Yeah. And so... When you get to that place in meekness, we also realize people owe me nothing. You don't have to, to give me anything, do anything for me. You don't owe me anything. And when we start climbing that ladder to be more like Jesus, we really will look like, act like, live like, more like Jesus. Man, that's so good. That's so good. And I, I loved in the book how you kept referencing that that ladder throughout. It was just such a consistent visual for us to go to go back to as the reader. Now, in in chapter five, 
uh, blessed are the hungry. And to the podcast listeners right now, maybe it's your your lunch break and you're saying, listen, right. this is going to, I want you to just tune in because this is going to bless you, okay? Because he said, bless blessed are the hungry. And and we've all been oh, there. Yes. We all know what that feels like. <laughs> um, I've got some very high quality blueberry muffins right here with me, even during mm. this interview right oh, now. I love blueberry muffins. Oh, they're so good. Yes, they're amazing. And so yes. um, you mentioned that hungry people will, and I'm quoting you here, hungry people never stop with the first bite. The same is true with our souls. And I love how you took this chapter to focus on daily relationship with God, because here on the Noteworthy Podcast, anybody that listens, I've always said, if we had one theme or one focus that we always tend to come back to on the show, that would be daily relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what this show yes. is. It really boils down to how do I have a better daily walk with Christ? And so would you mind explaining what you meant when you said that, that repentance from sin is the first course, but it is never uh, yes. the last? Yes. Certainly. Obviously, in most of Christianity, repentance from sin is the first and the final course. It's accept the Lord as your mm -hmm. personal Savior. That's and right. They pat you on the yeah. back or give you a high five and say, congratulations, you're right with God, you're saved. And that's not the case. Repentance is the first. We come to God poor in spirit. There's that ladder again. But once we have repented of our sins and we have been baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with his spirit, we're just getting started. I've seen so many people sometimes, and I want to say this in such a way that I'm not taken out of context, for somebody to be filled with the Spirit can be the best and the worst thing that happens to them. Best because they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Worst because they feel like it's a checkbox and they say, oh, whew, got that taken care of. Next crisis, Lord, I'm coming back. Right. That should be the first, that should be the beginning of our yeah. walk with God, which is why it's referred to as new birth. This is the beginning. So for anybody beginning. who has repented of their sins, praise God for that. Heaven yeah, has God. rejoiced. But you're not yeah. done. I'm not done. We need yes. to continue to walk with Jesus, grow closer to Jesus, take on his name in baptism, be filled with his Holy Spirit, and live that daily relationship with him. Don't let that be the last time you talk to him when you receive the Holy Ghost. Let that be some of the first conversations you have with God. Man, it it's it's so uh, it, it's so vital and important this this chapter in the book because, like you mentioned, the vast majority of Christianity it it stops there. And as a youth pastor, I'm very burdened by this because there's students coming yeah. into my youth class all the time, and and we're we have this goal, you know, every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, we're teaching, we're teaching, and saying, you know what. Living for God is not just a a one-time experience, but it is the right. will of God that give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread, yes. Daily bread. And uh, I, I even love how when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and the manna falls from heaven, they they can't even store it up. He says, no, it's actually right. Right. not going to stay good because tomorrow you're going to need yes. me again. Exactly. <laughs> You're gonna need me That's again, exactly and so right. I, I love it. Repentance from sin 
is the first course, but never the last. Thank you for that, Brother LJ. It's so good. Absolutely. Yes. Um, now I have I have one more one more chapter I want to hit on, and then I'm gonna sure. let the listeners go buy this book and read all the other chapters. I have left so much gold in the <laughs> ground for you guys to go dig oh, up. Don't thank worry. You. Thank you. But in in and chapter you're six, my children and I appreciate that. Hey, we're we're here for you, man. In okay. chapter six, uh, the most popular verse in the Bible. Ah, yes. Uh, look out, John three sixteen. Matthew <laughs> seven one is trying to take your Hot place. On your heels, man. Hot on on your the heels. mantle of popularity. Yes. Judge not that you be not judged, and yes. uh, tolerance. Is and you so greatly put it in the book that that tolerance is the idea that we must tolerate and accept every lifestyle and belief. And you pointed out that Jesus was not preaching tolerance in Matthew chapter seven. No. So, pray tell, what does it mean? <laughs> well, Shakespeare, pray tell what. What does it mean when it says that we shouldn't judge? I think this would be a great final question to leave sure. for the listeners today. This verse really has become a very a popular, famous verse of people who want to take a look at Christians and say, and you've probably even seen it on tattoos, only God can judge me and all that kind of thing. Right. And they use that to preach tolerance. Jesus said, don't judge. So a teenage son starts hanging out with friends that he ought not hang out with, and the parents' concerned say, hey, you need, you don't need to hang out with them. And he'll pull this right. verse out like a Westerner, pull out a six-shooter and say, ah, 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 Jesus said you can't judge me. That is not yeah. this verse. This verse is saying that we all not have a judgmental attitude, and really further, it is not ours to judge who is right with God and who is not, who is worthy of heaven and who is not. That is not our job. We don't get to sit on the bench and wear the black robe and slam the gavel down and tell somebody you're not worthy because none of us are worthy. Remember, all of us are That's poor right. spirit. That's where That's we right. get in. Yes. That's where we yes, start sir. on the ladder. This whole concept of, of tolerance that everything is okay is not scriptural. It's, it's basically living a life without lines and something as simple as driving, which back to our driving metaphor, something as simple as driving, none of us would yeah. want to drive without lines. You get on the interstate going 75 miles an hour and you don't know where the lanes are, where the lines are. That's only destruction. That's somebody's going to die. So that's just, Mm -hmm. that's tolerance. That's living without lines. Jesus never taught that. He did teach us, however, it is not ours to judge who is right and wrong with God. That's up to him. But it is for us to help others if they're struggling, that we can come alongside them and say, man, I'm, I'm worried. I just... I've seen, it seems like you're struggling. Is there anything I can do to, to help you? Not yeah. to push them down, but to actually to help lift them up. So never confuse that. Judge not lest you be judged with this concept of tolerance. That's not what Jesus taught. Right. Oh, man, it's so good. Well, I thank you for this book and and thank you for letting me talk to you about it. What a privilege to get to sit with the author of this book and get to unpack it with you. There's so much more, my friends, in this book that is going to bless you. There is so many good stories. Um, 
you're just going to have to go get the book to to hear the whole story about for the LJ's first message where um, the paper clips and, uh, <laughs> and and all the office supplies almost got the Holy Ghost. They were so close. It was revival. Uh, they were stammering so staples. It was beautiful. Stammering, um, stammering staples. <laughs> Now I should have included that. That's a great line right there. You know what? In the next That's book, beautiful. you know, don't feel like you have to pay gotta... me royalties. Just use it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, I love this book. And and I we'd be honored Thank if you, you if you prayed Thank over you. us today. We always end the podcast with prayer. And um I, I do want to encourage the listeners. I am going to put a link um in the show notes of this episode. So listeners, just go click on that link. It's gonna take you right to this book. Why don't you go buy it right now? Just go buy it right now. It's going to bless right you. Um, Brother LJ, how much is the book again? I can't remember the price of it. I'm sorry. I believe it? it's 15. It may be 16. Let me just double check. Well, if it's Not 16, I don't know if I can promote. No, <laughs> so we know it's 15 right. or it's 16 dollars. I believe. 15 yes. 99 I going it is once. 14. $14.99. What a deal. What a steal. Cheap. Wow. Steal of a deal. Well, listen, I would pay the extra dollar and one cent. That's how good this book is. My friends, you're going to, you're going to want to go buy this. And uh, for the LJ, would you pray over us and our, our listeners today? I'd be, I'd be honored to Lord. I thank you so much for showing us how to live. Thank you for not just teaching us, but exampling to us how to live. Help us to live according to these beatitudes, to live a blessed life, to live a joyful life. Help us to live like you want us to live, poor in spirit. God, I pray, help us to climb that ladder, to get closer to you, to know you more. We love you. We want to be like you. We want to live in a way that honors and glorifies and pleases you and points others to you. So I pray you you would help us, give us your spirit to live this life in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, my friend, I'm so thankful to call you friend, and I'm thankful for your ministry and for all the times that you have spoken into my life. And uh, you're you're a true friend who uh, follows up, checks on people, loves people. And uh, I, I always have this uh, memory of you when you came and ministered at my church uh, here at Apostolic Tabernacle in Jonesboro, Georgia, and um, the, just the way that you listened and intently focused on every single person that came up to you. Some people that you may never see again, but you you treated everybody and just with the most intent look on your face because you care about <laughs> about people and and i know it was late it was a youth rally we're at an afterburner and you just (laughs) looked absolutely interested in some of the most uninteresting things but that's because you're an incredible person and i thank god for you please tell your family how much i love all of them and that rachel and i are big fans of your family i thank you for being on the show today promise you my family are bit is Big fans, my family is big fans, are big fans. I don't know how to say that. Of the Frenchies family. We thank you. Huge fans of Nathan and Rachel and of the music and the ministry God has given you to give to us. So I appreciate you and value our friendship very much. It means the world to me. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon.